Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Y'all, y'all don't know, man. Coming off two sur- uh, so- shoulder surgeries ain't easy. Uh, I'm two years removed. I had a heck of an offseason coming into this year uh, where I was able to train and get back on the floor and play basketball coming into the season. So uh, I'm just in a good head space. I'm in a good physical space. Um, you know, and I put a lot of work coming into this year. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. We have all your opening night NBA action right here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. That's Mo Dakiel. We got Andrew Schleck pushing buttons. Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of the new NBA season. Subscribe now. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. Get yourself a deal on the best coverage in sports. Coming up on today's show, the Warriors get waxed. Kevin Durant is back and the Nets get off to the perfect start. But first... We watched the Lakers receive their rings, and then the Clippers took over Staples Center. Clippers 116, Lakers 109 in Los Angeles. It was ring night for your reigning champion Lakers, and it was actually a really cool job by the Lakers. No fans in the stands, and Mo, they're not going to unveil the new banner until they have fans in the stands. I find that to be highly corny and really dumb, but... Even my cold, cynical heart could get in on the way they gave out the rings. They had video messages from family members and loved ones. Even Giannis uh, had had a, a video for for Costas in in his first championship for the family. Um, I just thought, you know, before we got to the the actual basketball from the game, I thought the ring ceremony was really well done by the Lakers. Yeah, I thought it was great, and especially kind of put that personal touch on the whole thing in the. You know the absence of the fans and things like that, and everything. It was it, it was a good touch. You know that I probably wouldn't have thought of. Like that was like, oh, oh, smart, good job, guys. Yeah, that's good marketing. And then the Lakers came out and uh, ooh, they had a rough first quarter. They they rallied. They rallied in the second quarter. They made it a game until Paul George and uh, Kawhi Leonard took over in the second half. Mostly Paul George, um, but the Lakers came out there. And I love this tweet from from Lindsey Whalen, the Minnesota Lynx champion point guard. Uh, many times over, she tweeted that uh, ring night is one of the hardest games you can play. And I just thought, what an amazing flex that is by Lindsey Whalen, who's, uh, <laughs> who's just an unbelievable hooper. But um, but that is like historically, like we we remember, didn't the didn't the Heat get blown out by the Bulls by like forty on their ring night after uh, the two thousand six championship? I believe like those those ring nights can be weird because of the emotions. Honestly, if you probably went back and looked at how many teams that won a championship the year before co- covered the next you know the the opening night the next season when they got their rings i bet it would be pretty low i mean it's just think about it in the sense of like you're firing up the other squad <laughs> you know they're white, like look at all these dudes are super excited to get the rings and then let alone the team themselves are all super distracted because it's probably the first time they saw the ring yeah so you know so it's not really shocking that the lakers came out flat to start this game i'm honestly just impressed they got the rings done in time that kind of that kind of work in I 2 months I would have bet that I could have because I'll tell you what they only got the rings done for those guys. That's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't think else. 
the I don't organization think... looking around going like, "Yo, where are my rings?" They're like, "Dude, you're not getting yours till June." Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta wait till you gotta wait till uh, this pandemic's over. Then we'll get the rest of the rings out here. And uh, by the way, Danny Green, don't come calling for yours. We'll see you at some point, and then you can have it then. Uh, but we did have uh, the second quarter. Clippers looked constipated in the half court, right? Like they they couldn't score. They they kind of went the way of of the Lakers in the first quarter. Um, you saw the you know kind of the the role players for the Lakers maybe flex a little bit early, but in the third quarter, Mo, you know this is at, at one point both offenses stalled out, and then Paul George took over, and he kind of separated the Clippers from the Lakers, in, at least in the scoring column. And you saw you know Marcus Saul really struggled with with his foul trouble. Wes Matthews was kind of a disaster on the court defensively. Um, Montrez Harrell ended up with nice numbers, but he was a he was a pretty big minus, for, especially defensively for much of that game. Uh, Dennis Schroeder struggled a little bit. You know the team struggled a little bit with with Anthony Davis on the floor even though he he had an okay game uh but you know I, I think it's going to be tough to judge a lot of these games which isn't great analysis right uh it's gonna be tough to judge a lot of these games early on but um uh, but you did see the ups and downs from both teams in this one before the Clippers you know kind of put this away I mean yeah like when you think about it this way all the guys you named for the Lakers are all new guys like they're all having to learn the new system new rotations and things like that and I think there's a element of the guys who were there last season who are still kind of to a degree recovering. I know it's a tired storyline, right? 71 days since the last time they played, blah, 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 all that stuff. But it doesn't make it any less true, folks. Like, it's, yeah, <laughs> it right. is what it is, you know? And they're, they're just, they're, there's a little bit of fatigue, I think, and a, a little of like, I can't believe we're back at this again. So I think it's, it's going, to, I won't be surprised if the Lakers don't come out and hit the ground running right away just because there's an element of all these guys have to get used to each other. This is going to be the case. And there's a little bit with the Clippers, you know, with Serge Ibaka, trying, you know, Luke Kennard getting comfortable and trying to figure out what he's going to do with four years, 64 million. And I think there's a whole, you know, just an element of time that's going to take for a lot of teams. I think, you know, the very few teams that have continuity are going to be fine in the long run, but these guys are going to take a while to sort of gel, and, and it's almost like baking a cake. you got to give it time right now. Yeah, absolutely. Now, we did see an amazing second half from Paul George. He finished the game with 33 points on 13 of 18 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3. But, Mo, before we get to the good, there was a moment <laughs> where he saw a referee in the right corner in transition, and he thought it was Luke Kennard. He passed the ball to the referee. It went out of bounds. And it was a hilarious moment. It's going to be memed, especially if the Clippers fall apart. It'll be memed even more. Um, and look, we can praise Paul George because he did, like, he won them that game. But that was a fantastic way to kick off this season. It was him thinking, ooh, white guy in the corner, it must be Luke. Well, I'm just going to say, you guys all do look alike. Uh, you mean, and Andrew Schleck, I, I don't know. Like, it you guys happens. are the same guys. Yeah, you know, both of you could walk in the room, and I would think, you know, oh, wait, Zach was just in the other room. So it's not a uh, shock at all. But you know what? Just to, a credit to Paul George. He gave us a phenomenal performance on the court, including, you know, game one, Shaq the, in a fool. Yeah. So, like, you know, we're, we're, he, he did it all. It's almost like a triple-double. Yeah, it felt like a triple double uh, in that game. But thirty three points, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, did have five turnovers. He was a little sloppy early, uh, including that that pass to the official in the corner. But uh, but he did take over, right? Like he got hot. I think he ran off like eight or ten straight points in the third quarter at one point. Um, and it was all like you know we we make fun of Paul George for saying, "Hey, I'm back to my MVP season." And we're like. You had an MVP season? I don't really remember that, but Ish. he looked Ish. Gr- Ish. he looked great in that second half. 
Yeah, he had an MVP-ish season. Sure. Um, well, yeah, you know, okay. <laughs> look, he went 13 to 18 from the field, 5 to 8 from 3. And it was, you know, like you said, like that third quarter really kind of str- was a, a struggle for both teams. And you figured, like, at some point, whoever gets hot is going to run away with it. And mm-hmm. Paul George just got going. And he did it multiple ways. Coming off pick and rolls. You know, attacking uh, Kuzma, who had no chance at defending him. And then, you know, then it was coming off pin downs and screens and knocking down shots. Like, he just kind of went through the whole bag and showed everything that he had. And and this is this is huge. And the one thing I would say, though, <laughs> overall, it reminds me so much of game one of last season. Mm-hmm. You know, where they Clippers came out and, and, you know, it was close for a little bit, but then they, they, they pulled away from the Lakers. And then the next day was everybody talking about how great the Clippers looked like, you know, this is going to be a thing, but we got to this is similar to last season. Let's see how this whole thing plays out for the Clippers. He had 26 points on 10 of 12 shooting in the second half. That, I mean, that, that's that's hard. It's hard to be better than that, man. Like that's that's pretty damn impressive. Um, but yeah, he was incredible. Kawhi Leonard made some made some buckets late to kind of help push that one out. And and yeah, the final score was one sixteen one hundred nine, but it wasn't really that close. Uh, from a Lakers side of it, Mo. I mean, you know, LeBron finishes with twenty two points, five rebounds, five assists. AD had what he had like eighteen points uh, in the game on eight eight of fifteen shooting. He only had seven rebounds. Um, you know, not too much to take away, uh, you know, from positive for the Lakers, but I also didn't think too much negative. It just kind of looked like, all right, they were there. Like, they, you know, they, you saw some flashes, you saw some some dips. They'll be okay. Yeah, look, it's going to be a while. Like, I just think it's – their defense looked off a lot to me, and it was a lot of late rotations, guys not knowing fully where to go, and that's just going to take time. I think, you know, Marcus Gasol having five fouls, you know, I think that's just rust, you know, and, and, and at some point he'll – Hopefully for the Laker fans, he'll wear that off and be able to be more, more cognizant and more more available and more around during the playoffs. But I'm um, excuse me, just on the court in general. And I think he he struggled in this game more than anybody else, just trying not to to foul the hell out of guys. So I think give it time. It's nothing nothing I saw worried me about the Lakers. Yeah, same. And and the one play I thought where Marcus looked great was. I think Kawhi was trying to score on him inside with a with a leb, and Marcus just got big, went straight up vertical, mm-hmm. and and Kawhi kind of bounced off him and threw up a horrible shot. And it was just a reminder of like, oh right, Marcus if he gets in the way, that's a big dude. Like he makes yeah. he, like he makes big guys look <laughs> look kind of small, right? And and that's even with all the weight loss and everything. Like I do think Marcus I'm, I'm with you. That that was rust to me. Um, you know, I don't I don't take too much out of that. I think you'll see him. You know, probably have to play his way into shape more than anyone else. Yeah, and and nobody should panic. You know, and I, I just think this is just a the the case of first game, short in preseason, short in training camp, all that stuff. Like we're gonna see a lot of weird games here, folks, over the next you know week or two. So brace yourselves. Yeah, I'd even say the next month or so. I'm not. I, I'm gonna try to reserve judgment, uh, which makes it hard to do when you're running the power rankings for the Athletic to reserve judgment for a whole month. But that's what uh, that's what I will attempt to do. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. We can judge the Warriors who Mo got smoked in Brooklyn. Nets 125, Warriors 99. Granted, obviously no Clay, no Draymond in this one as well, but Kyrie Irving went off. Kevin Durant was back and went off. They both, uh, they combined for 50 points, 24 for KD, 26 for Kyrie, and Kyrie had 24 of his 26 points in the first half because he didn't really need to play the second half because they were up 30 <laughs> for most of the those final 24 minutes. Um, you know, for the, for the Warriors stuff, like, there's a lot to dissect for how bad it was, but for the Nets... Look, they they played a, a discombobulated team right away. They played a team that was clearly overmatched. We know this this Nets team is deep. Um, you know the fact that they can bring Karis LeVert and Jarrett Allen off the bench is incredible. But it's going to start and end with how good Kyrie and KD were. And you know, for two guys who haven't played in a very long time, um, they looked pretty damn good. <laughs> they looked great, and they looked great in the preseason. Like this was just a continuation of that, right? Like KD looked comfortable out there flashing that first step and blowing by guys pulling up for threes all everything again he just had everything he wanted it was easy for him Kyrie again I mean I'm telling you man that Sage man uh, I wish I bought the commodity stock of Sage before he did all that because I gotta imagine that's gone through the roof in the market that's how that works right right yeah Mo Sage is not just advice from me it's also something that can cure all of the ailments of a building that's what I've heard Uh, um Sage advice from you doesn't exist. That's probably um, true. <laughs> but the <laughs> ultimate thing, though, is, you know, for me, really, the I watch this game, and I don't want to sound like I'm putting the, the party pooper hat on here a little bit, but I didn't learn anything about this Nets team. Yeah, you know, I don't biggest, know that I did either, other than it just, like, it looks good to see those two back. And I'm happy, and yeah. I'm happy to see those two guys. It's a better league when our best players are playing, plain and simple. So it's awesome to see that. So I still want to see how they look against some of the better teams in the league. But, you know, this was a nice, nice, easy start for them. And we, it would be more worrisome, right, if they came out and looked terrible <laughs> against this Warriors right, team. Yeah. So, you know, it, they're playing the schedule, they're doing what they're supposed to do, and they nailed it. So um, I was happy to see all of that and how it played out. I mean, Karis LeVert did a good job coming off the bench and kind of manning the second unit as well. I just think uh, I still have a lot of questions for this team, but that's something that we're going to have to figure out throughout the whole year. There was there was one moment in the first half where they swung the ball to KD, who was sort of in the right corner, not deep in the right corner, kind of up near the break, but he's still in the right corner. And it might have been Kent Bazemore or someone who closed out high on him, and, and maybe they were going for a steal, but they didn't get it. And he drove baseline, and he got a dunk, and it might have been his first dunk of the game. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, you can't close out high on you know, on KD because he's just going to blow by you. And then I thought, we can't do anything with KD when he's healthy because he's, he's like a top 10 player of all time. Like I all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to give the scouting report on how to stop KD. <laughs> it was just a nice reminder of like, oh, yeah, he's back. 
Yeah, he's back. There was no and 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 I actually tweeted that clip out because I was like, that's a terrible closeout. Yeah, it was it was a really bad closeout, but I don't know that it would have mattered. However, he did it. I go, you're not gonna stop him. The dude's seven feet. If he wants to get a shot off, he's gonna get a shot off. And the thing is, unlike most seven footers, he can make it. Yeah. So it it was just like you know, there's there's a lot of things in his bag. It's good luck trying to stop him, especially when he had it going, and he really looked like he was just completely in the flow of the game in the first quarter wasn't forcing it was just everything was coming to him naturally i'm telling you he just looked so comfortable and so smooth out there it was pretty impressive to watch okay the warriors disaster of it all right like steph has 20 and 10 but it wasn't a good 20 i still don't know how you had 10 assists in that game i don't know how there's no way you can convince me that 10 10 shots yeah that they had 10 made (laughs) shots that weren't him at any point like and especially not that he passed to them on um but you know obviously no draymond no clay the defense is going to be worse but it was i mean it was bad like it was really bad and you know i look wiggins gonna get killed for his performance especially in the first half and he was awful uh Oubre made a couple of plays but he was also awful like james wiseman had a couple of nice moments and you can see all right there's there's some real potential there but he played like a rookie big man right like there and then steph's not a good defender um he's not a horrendous defender but he's not a good defender like i'm looking out there i'm like unless Oubre just locks someone down i still don't even know what they're supposed to do out there defensively I'm just going to tell you right now, Zach, this team's screwed. Defensively, this is a massive problem for them, and that means Curry's going to have to go nuclear on the offensive end. But if he doesn't have any help, it's easier to defend, right? right. Like, they teams know how to lock him up. They they don't even have guys on the court right now that I feel comfortable can get Steph the ball when he's coming off screens, you know, and that'll improve when Draymond's on the court. But I don't know how much better that gets with Draymond. It's not like... He, I mean, he kind of took the year off last year. It was like a mini vacation, you know, while while working. But, you know, he, it, it, I just don't know what we're going to get out of him. And I have a lot of concerns for this team. Defensively, you know, everything you highlighted, like none of these guys make me feel like they're going to get – I don't feel like, oh, this is just bad scheme. It's not like the Lakers where I was talking about, like, give it time, they'll they'll figure it out. We can give this team three years. They're not going to figure it out. These guys aren't aren't. They're just not defensive players. Yeah, and they're going to have to get a lot better offensively. And 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 again, unless Steph goes off, um, even then, if he goes off, I, who else is going to step up in those roles? Right? Like it, it's it's pretty ugly. I mean, Wiggins and and Ubre combined to shoot seven of thirty. That's brutal. Seven of thirty, and they were two of twelve from three point range. Um, you know, Curry was seven of twenty one from the field, two two of ten from deep. Um, I mean, really nobody, I mean, I guess Wiseman had the best game of them all. Uh, but you know, Eric Pascal's a nice rotation player, a nice second round fine. He's not a, he's not a dude who's going to help fix a lot of things right now. Um, Steve Kerr was pretty frustrated after the game and, and, you know, rightfully so I'm with you. Like Draymond's going to help, especially defensively and, and maybe offensively he can, you know, he's another playmaker, but, um, you know, Mo, the, any Warriors fans who were, looking excited for this season. I still think they can be a playoff team. I think they can, you know, get into that playing tournament whether it's a 7, 8, 9 or 10 seed and win and win those, you know, those games. But um once Clay got hurt, this thing went out the window, right? Like it's yeah, I mean, and, and Richard Jefferson made a good point on on social media saying like, "Look, they're going to have to reinvent themselves. They can't just keep doing what they were doing." Yeah, and that's a great point from RJ, and I think you know, I'm with you. They can be a playing team. I don't know if they're going to be 7-8. I think they're going to be closer to the 9-10. And if this is a team that if they get hot, it's it's dangerous. 
but it's a long road here for them, yeah. you know, and, and I know it's early. We're not into overreactions and things like that, except that's kind of what we do. Um, right. But ultimately, like, I just look at this team and this is this was my concern about them defensively. The moment Clay got hurt, I was like, man, they're screwed. I don't know how they improve defense. I don't know what they do on the perimeter defensively. And again, man, I just I hate to keep harping on it, but it's a serious issue that I don't think they have a way of fixing. Yeah, I'm with you. And I, I, I guess I'm not as low on them after this poor showing because I expected them to start out really bad and, and kind of find their groove and work their way into it. I still think that'll happen, um, which is why I think like when I say 7-8, I, I don't think it's a stretch just because of there are a lot of, a lot of teams with a lot of issues in the West you know, towards that, that end of the West. Um, but, they, I mean, this is a team that I don't think they can play with the better teams in the league. And that's no. going to be a problem. <laughs> I think no, that's going to be a problem. No. Like they can they can hang with the rest of these fools, but those like top ten teams in the league, and maybe a little extended past that, like Mo, it's it's definitely going to get ugly. I mean, we're going to have nights where Steph's going to drop forty five, put up an amazing performance from three, bombing, and they're going to lose by fifteen, by like twelve. Yeah, yeah. yeah. like <laughs> you know. Um, so I just I just think that's the challenge for them. You know, yeah. they're they're really starting each game in a hole. And I don't know how it gets better for them. I mean, this East Coast trip is pretty tough to start out. And I just think, man, it's it's just not going to be an easy run for them. No, definitely not. A little bit of news from the NBA world. Uh, NBA Hall of Fame announced the nominees for the 2021 class. Paul Pierce, Doug Collins, Michael Cooper, Lauren Jackson, all uh, new nominees for the, the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame uh, that was announced Tuesday on The Jump on ESPN. Uh, also in that uh, in that grouping for first time group is Howard Garfinkel, Lou Henson, Val Ackerman, and Yolanda Griffith, and then we have returning candidates Chauncey Billups, Chris Bosh, Richard Hamilton, Becky Hammond, Swin Cash, and Ben Wallace. For the love of God, put Ben Wallace in the Hall of Fame. Chauncey, give my man Chauncey his run. Chauncey, Chris Bosh, Becky Hammond, Swin Cash, all put them all. I in. mean, one one has the NBA Hall of Fame been difficult to get in. All of them go. Let's go. Even – oh, no, not you, Zach. Someday. Someday. No, nope, no. Nope. That's yeah, only prob- if you're going to burn the thing down. I might. <laughs> we know. <laughs> Upcoming games on Wednesday to keep an eye on as everything kicks off with a more, uh, you know, flushed-out schedule. LaMelo Ball will make his debut for the Hornets against the Cavs. Obi Toppin will make his debut for the Knicks against the Pacers. Russell Westbrook makes his Wizards debut against Philadelphia 76ers and his much-hated rival Joel Embiid. And then we have a four-way battle for Game of the Night, Mo. Bucks Celtics, Pelicans Raptors, Jazz Blazers, and Mavs Suns with Chris Paul making his Phoenix Suns debut. What's going to be your Game of the Night? Crap, there's too many. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Mavs Suns. I want to watch the Luka Doncic-Devin Booker battle. You know what? I'm digging into this Pelicans thing. I don't care that they're on national TV 14 times. Put them on 30 times for all I care. I want to see Zion Williamson. I want to see him dunk on people. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you check out the Athletic NBA show. With every single day, you got a new show with a fun new twist. We got no dunks. We got the House of Strauss. We got the team-specific shows. And check out the restricted area on the Athletics YouTube channel with myself and Wazni Lambre every single week this week on thursday we've got the max contract history and we've got some criticism for some of these extensions that got signed mo and a little nod towards the christmas day games make sure you check all that out and subscribe to the athletic theathletic.com best coverage in sports 
that you can get. Thanks for waking up with us. Continue to social distance. Continue to wear a mask. Enjoy the basketball season as it tips off. Please be safe. Please don't be dumb. And Mo, hit us with that sign-off. Ding, ding. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.